I remember taking the streetcar <laughs> to, down, to yeah. get to downtown and to get to Port Dalhousie. Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and and during the summer you'd get, uh, and I was just a kid, and you know, you pay your nickel and you get down to Port Dalhousie for the day and it was fun. Uh, but uh, in the downtown area it was uh, Diana Sweets, Cherry Coke and the fries. Um, but I grew up in Niagara Falls, so we would come, I mean, back to what it is hopefully today again, the, the urban center of the Niagara region. Yeah. It was the urban center of the Niagara region when I was a kid. And I would take the bus in. I lived in the Grantham Avenue area. And I'd take the bus in and I'd spend the money on vinyl and, and buy some weird looking clothes and then go <laughs> check out some punk music. Downtown St. Catharines has been a place of constant change. It began as a shipping and manufacturing hub, transformed into a center of retail and community, fell upon hard times more than once, and has revived itself again. For many St. Catharines residents, the heyday of the core was during the decades of the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s, when places like Dana Sweets and the Coy Brothers were the mainstays of the community. But nothing lasts forever, and by the 1990s, the downtown was best known for empty storefronts and what it used to be than what it was. Today, though, the core is going through another transformation with the Meridian Center, the Performing Arts Center, and a wave of new businesses starting up. I'm Grant LaFleche, and that is what this special edition of the Lake to Lake podcast is about, the downtown. As part of our five-part series, The Heart of the City, St. Catherine Standard reporter Karina Walter and I sat down with the three men who presided over City Hall during the decline and the eventual rebirth of downtown, Mayors Tim Rigby, Brian McMullen, and Walter Senzik. We're lucky enough to have uh, all three mayors from, well, the last three mayors of St. Catharines. So we have Tim Rigby with us. Tim, you are currently a regional councillor. I am. You were mayor from 98 to 2006. Was it 98? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian McMullen. Uh, you are. You were mayor 2006-2014, yes. and of course, uh, Walter Senzik, 2014, to time yet to be determined. The shortest amount of time so far. <laughs> the shortest amount of time so far. Um, so we're doing a series about the downtown St. Catharines, how it changed, why it changed, um, why it's important, and that's how we wanted to throw it open to you three guys to start with, which is, why is the downtown so important? It, it's touched on all of your administrations in one way or another, uh, sometimes in, in significant ways. Um, when we were doing our research for the series, I mean, you go back far enough and everybody has a crazy scheme to redevelop downtown. Um, but it's only kind of actually happened more in the last, you know, five to ten years. So why is downtown so important? And why is it when there is a perceived decline in the downtown, the community and the, and the politicians and the business uh, businesses want to change it and want to, want to breathe new life into it? Start with well, I, I think uh, initially uh, the, the the citizens of St. Catherine remember downtown when Fairview Malls and Penn Centers didn't exist, and they remember their activity downtown and the, going to the Diana Suites and all of that type of history. And all of a sudden, that had gone. But that's what they remembered, and and so uh, those citizens were very anxious that their downtown that they wanted. It, was disappearing, um, and sir, when I first ran for office, uh, uh, every part of St. Catharines that I went into, all wanted to know what we were going to do about downtown, and uh, you know, it, 
what you do find out, or did I did at least, is that uh, some of the things that we ended up being responsible for were things that Al Unwin did, or in fact even back to Joe McCaffrey, uh, was seen as an option and a, and a way to go in the, for in the future. It it's still what people wanted to, their downtown to be just like such and such a downtown. and. Uh, um, they, they felt that uh, more investment had to be done and more things had to be done in the downtown. And, and uh, uh, I think actually, Brian, you were a, a member of council when Al Unwin was mayor and they went through a downtown uh, yes. research. And, and, uh, <clears throat> and one of the things they identified was, was the Market Square. And the Market Square building uh, and the square itself, and we haven't completed that part yet, mm -hmm. I must say, but uh, we did build that building, albeit it wasn't the way they envisioned it. It was going to be a beautiful glass building. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but that vision was there, and it's made a change, Yeah. but it's only a step, and it's previous street, streetscapes were seen to be an item. Uh, Core block would seem to be a, a, the, the re, re, renaissance of yes. the downtown. Every building that has gone up that uh, has had any effect on, uh, on the change yeah. uh, really didn't do it all by itself. Now, Brian, you, you campaigned when you first ran for mayor. That was part of your, and we always joke around here that Barack Obama stole your, your slogan from those days. True, that, true. He did. Yeah, the yes we can. He did first. I still think you need to call the White House before he's out here. Saying, you owe me some royalties, buddy. Um, but you, you actually campaigned on downtown revitalization. Um, what What had transpired at that point? By the time uh, Tim's administration has, has come to an end, you're attempting to run for mayor. Why were you running on downtown? Why was it important to make that part of your campaign platform? Well, I guess a couple of reasons, similar to what, what Tim touched on, but, but I would describe it as the downtown is the heart of your community or seen as the heart of the community by both our residents, our citizens, but also from those from outside. And I remember a story Jack Lightstone had shared where he brought a potential VP for Brock downtown, and after the tour, they passed. And because it wasn't, you know, that attractive at the time, uh, but it is important in any community's mind. It is important, and because of what Tim had alluded to, I've been on previously a city councilor. I wasn't in office when I ran for mayor, but I've been a city councilor under Mayor McCaffrey and under Mayor Unwin. There have been lots of talk about revitalization and rejuvenation of our downtown core, but but through nobody's fault, not a lot had actually happened. And so my campaign, and fortunately with a, with a wonderful council and a tremendous staff. Uh, we were to get some things done, but it was about we weren't going to talk about it anymore. We were going, yes, we can, as you said, Grant. We were going to try to get these things done, and for a lot of stars aligned, etc. Lots of credit to lots of different people and those uh, like Tim and others that went before us. But we got it done. I think that's what was most important. And uh, now I think our downtown is a place to be. It's had lots of memories, as Tim said, for people and uh, about building community and family and et cetera. And now people are making new memories in the Meridian Center, in the Performing Arts Center, in the new restaurants and shops, they're making some of those new memories. And, mm -hmm. and it's, a, it's an exciting, uh, a vibrant place to be right now. Now, Walter, the first time you and I had a conversation about the downtown was when the issue of two-way traffic 
was was coming up because it was one way traffic. Again, when Karina and I were doing some research, I mean, going yeah. To, for those of you who can't see, Tim just like did an arm pump in the air. Um, but that issue of of, of re restoring two way traffic that had been a very long, outstanding issue that that people were saying you got to bring it back, you got to bring it back. And I wrote a column where I said it was ridiculous, it was going to cause traffic snarls. <laughs> And you said no, and in fact you said, so we placed a bet. And I had to actually eat the physical column in a bowl of soup. If, if it turned out to work, it did. And so that was, I had to, a coffee culture, if you recall. Yeah, I, I remember you sat, that. sat yeah, there the while I ate my I'm column. Sorry, I missed it. <laughs> all, all, turns out, turns out newsprint is very chewy. It's, it's hard to... Um, but so you're, the reason I bring that up, though, is because your association with, with downtown revitalization projects it predates your your political office because you were with the the chamber of commerce at the time. Um, so why was it important to you as a member of the chamber? And now that you have kind of picked up the baton from past administrations, why is it important to you now? Well, I think what uh, Brian's touched on is downtown is the heart of a community, yeah. and we are the urban center of Niagara. And through the work that Brian did with the Creative Cluster Master Plan, that was a, that was a critical part of making sure that people could come downtown and enjoy the downtown and not just have this one way through fare. And we, I remember lobbying um, for Mayor Rigby, uh, Tim, about the two-way traffic. And Ryan was the one that, with his council, and his, he had many, many people on his council who didn't want to do it. And, you know, he, I think the interesting thing about downtown is it's been, it's been through gone through fits and starts. So the MTO building, and I don't know, was that Unwin or... Under under you, Tim. Not under McCaffrey. So, under McCaffrey. Mayor McCaffrey. So look at that. So you got you know a significant build in the downtown, and that was supposed to be the catalyst. And the core block before that was supposed to be the catalyst. And a or new here. bus terminal. One St. Paul. One St. Paul. Mm -hmm. A new bus terminal was supposed to be the catalyst. The one missing ingredient was bringing giving people a reason to come downtown after hours and that's what uh, Brian did with his council was create the two spaces that now bring people downtown for more than just work because yep. I think what happens in a lot of downtowns in North America is you have this influx of people coming into work they leave at five o'clock and it becomes just this empty bowl now we don't have that empty bowl now there's people here all the time and with the opening of the, the two student residences on James and, and Wellington you got 700 kids now that are living here they're spending time at night here and in the morning and you see them around the community so it's no longer fits and starts now the momentum is is there and all the pieces have come together so the important part now is just to keep building on that momentum so how did we get here in the first place um, how have we gotten to the point where we're now talking about building on momentum when just a few decades ago really the downtown wasn't a place that you wanted to come well, I, I really do think that it was it's a puzzle that's really finally come together. So you've got to give credit to the MTO building. If we didn't have that there and if that was just a, a, a bunch of empty vacant lots, what would that part of the, the downtown look like? If you look at Core Block, what would that look like if that wasn't built back in the, the, the late 80s? We've got it all there now. You got the courthouse in the downtown. And the final piece of the puzzle was the creative side, was yeah. really taking sure. that other and putting it together. and. It's it's now this is downtown. There is no what was it like previous. This is this mm -hmm. is what downtown should look like. Yeah, and I think yeah. we have to people have to get over the fact that it isn't going to have the big shopping place stores in place, but will create small homes and pops up retail and so on as as it continues to go forward now because people are back downtown. 
we've we've heard that quite a bit in the businesses that we talk to, especially places like uh, Errol's yeah. uh, Shoe Repair. Uh, that's seemingly been there forever, and the, the point that some of these these shop owners keep telling us is that you have you can't offer what's in the malls because they've got you beat there. It has to be unique. It has to be a destination for people to come to. Yeah. When when Brian, when you were mayor, is is that kind of what you saw downtown as? I mean, aside from the creative side, which all got rolling uh, really heavily under your administration, but did you see that this would be a place where there would be the unique shop that you would get the 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 items or the services that you're just not going to get at the at the yeah, strip malls uh, or the big box stores. Absolutely, Grant. I mean, it's that it's that it's a different experience. It's that specialty retailer uh, where you're meeting the owner or somebody very intimate with a product, and the service the level of service I find is 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 tremendous downtown. You're you're meeting most cases the proprietor. Somebody's put their sweat and blood into a business. They live in the community largely, and uh, and it's a whole different experience. And uh, the restaurants we're getting some amazing restaurants. I mean, you'd have to go to places like Toronto. Uh, to get the same quality of, of experience, dining experience, and I'm proud to be able to say that we don't have to go to Toronto anymore or, or somewhere else. That you know, we've got from the uh, the Master Chef, one of the, one of the people opening up a restaurant here, and, and the, the the fellows from the bakery. I saw the, the the brothers from the bakery that's been there on Hearts Road for decades. They've opened up just an unbelievable restaurant uh, downtown. Um, you know, it's that it's that whole experience now, and as Walter said, it can be from going to uh, a fine art. Uh, uh, experience in, in terms of culture and, and or going to a hockey game or last night we had the Leafs and Sabres play here in downtown St. Catharines. Who would have ever thought that would have happened even five or ten years ago? People would have said impossible. Included the people in this room that weren't saying it was impossible. <laughs> right? so, um, one of the things, Brian, that you mentioned to me when we were talking about the downtown before was the community response and that when you were going door to door people were saying that the downtown was important and when you actually brought in some of the projects and had to raise the taxes, there wasn't a pushback, or there wasn't as much pushback as, as maybe yeah. some people would have anticipated. Can you yeah, tell us sure. a little bit about that? I'm so glad you mentioned that, because ultimately, and I know Walter and Tim would agree, ultimately the, the, the credit, as I call it, or the recognition goes to the people of St. Catharines, and that, and that I remember talking to you about that. That first campaign, which actually was about a decade ago when I was campaigning uh, the first time uh, for the office of mayor. Um, it, I was pleasantly surprised, almost shocked, I was going to say, that the, the, the little pushback, meaning people got it, they saw the importance of downtown, they had pride in their community, in this community, this was their home, and they had seen, as Tim touched on, they'd seen a, a decline for lots of reasons. We weren't the only one across Ontario, across the northeastern USA and Canada. You know, uh, industrial cities, cities that had largely been built on manufacturing, were going through a transition. And, and but they, they, they had the same, you know, the yes we can attitude that that wasn't acceptable, that we were and are a great community and it can be better. And so when you talked about, yeah, if we build this infrastructure, it's going to raise your taxes. It, I didn't get a lot of pushback, as you said, and I'll quickly, the one person, I think she said she was around 90 years old and said, you know what, I've been, it was in, up in Grantham Ward, which I used to represent as a, as a, as a city councillor. Um, I went there as a kid to to the Jack uh, to the Jack Aycliffe Arena and 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 somebody had the vision to build that. So as a child, yeah. I went with my mother and father and brother and had that memory and that those experiences. My grandkids deserve the same opportunity, and that's what you're talking about, Brian. And 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 many people shared that. When you and I talked the other day, though, Tim, it's interesting. I don't think you necessarily had the the same kind of community wind behind you. You you talked to me about how there was a push to not raise taxes uh, was difficult 
infrastructure was even basic infrastructure was difficult to deal with because if you said to someone, well, listen, we have to fix this road, they'd say, well, fine, just don't cost me a dime. Um, what changed, do you think, between sort of, I'm particularly thinking sort of the, your last years into Brian's first years that the community would, would have shifted to say, no, in fact, investment on our part is worthwhile to fix the downtown? I think it was started, uh, it was gradually starting uh, within Al Unwin's short term. I mean, he was only there for three years. Uh, but uh, uh, it actually, that council and that mayor started some of it, identifying some of the downtown issues. And, and, but the reality was uh, there was a, a, was a, a real push to not increase taxes. Not, not, I mean, we always, nobody wants to pay any more taxes. Yeah. But uh, in order to do that, you have to stop doing other things. Uh, uh, not having a proper program to replace water lines and sewer lines, all of that, all of those things that become uh, unimportant because they're they're in the ground until it stops. Yeah, and then it becomes important. <laughs> and uh, uh, so we we had to start that program. We added about doubled up those those capacities to start improving those facilities, and and we did take a bit of a. Uh, did I say double? No, no, no. <laughs> okay. The, the, uh, and, and, and to, to start improving the infrastructure. And uh, then we started looking at how can we make for the community, what's the community want as well? And one, the one thing that was identified was we need more ice space. And the ice space was for people, regular folk like us, uh, and our kids and our grandkids to be able to go and play hockey, take figure skating, do those types of things. Uh, and so it was, it was a bit of a battle to build, get the, uh, uh, the forepad at the Seymour Hanna facility built. But that opened the doors for junior A hockey to be able to take a look at us again. Because if we hadn't had that, we, wouldn't, we couldn't bring a team here. How, how, how important was that shift? Because when you and I spoke, it was interesting because you talked about this very thing yeah. and you said, well, I didn't necessarily have a vision at that time for the Ice Dogs, no. um, but you did. Mm -hmm. So how much did the work that uh, Tim's administration, you know, building the four pads, freeing up some of that time at the Gate Cliff, allow the city to then, right, right, to allow the city to go to the Ice Dogs and say, or Junior A team and say, listen, we actually have a place for you to play. Yeah, very important, and as, as Walter sort of alluded to as well, it was it's that those pieces of the puzzle that were starting to come together. Those were the very early days, but but we could then focus on not, um, and it was important. All, well, three of my four kids did the ice hockey, and, and one did the figure skating. Um, you know that need had been met, that community need, which had been identified for for many years, uh, had had been met. So we could then focus on some of the other things, be it the hospital or be it the uh, mm -hmm. the downtown, as we spoke about. So. Um, there's a lot of intricate activity. It's just it was there was this buildup as I alluded to. That was what was and a bit of a pent up um, angst about the downtown, but also build up to say let's really get moving and let's uh, move forward. And so, you know, I said timing. You know, so the stars aligned and, and and timing was right. But at the same time, some of those things that had already been checked, you know, check mark allowed us to then focus on other things. But the big risk was uh, if they if we don't build a new facility. Then we're going to lose that that team, and, uh, and and but Brian's council came to the table on that and made sure, and I 
and I, and I think that, you know, that's a great credit to it. And that has caused people to return to downtown just, just when they opened the doors there because people were going to walking to the ice game, the ice dog game and see a store that they've never seen before because they've never been downtown and so I didn't know they had one of those and come back. I've, I've heard that more often than one. Mm -hmm. It was interesting the the market conditions that allowed for this all to take place. So yeah. through the council, I don't know if it was your council or your council that um, sold hydro. So we yeah, were able to build the civic project mm -hmm. fund. Yeah which allowed to finance the Meridian Center and through the market conditions downturn in the economy after 2008, allowed the province and the feds to partner with the city on. So the burden to the taxpayer, and this was always the example, Kitchener, uh, Kingston, mm -hmm. they did the same thing, built an arena downtown and a performing arts center. The next election, they all got voted out. Really? And it was before the downturn. That's so true. they all got yeah. bumped. And when everything was open, the new council, we're sitting there going, hey, look, you know, we, look what they built, and everyone's happy. And Kingston is a great example. And it was always, I was always thinking, would that happen here? And what you can see happen, it didn't happen. They, the, the public, supported it. But Brian and his council were able to articulate to the community that, look, the arena, cost coverage on the Civic Project Fund, the Performing Arts Center. We've got three partners, so the burden to the taxpayer wasn't. This couldn't have taken place in 1998. No. This couldn't have taken place in 2002 because there wasn't the finances in the city and there wouldn't have been the partnership well, with we, yeah, the other We were also government. facing back then this download yes. from the province and right. we were having to absorb all yes, the costs as a municipality. Yeah. That's reversed now and it's, it helps as well. So. When you're talking about partnerships, Brock has also been a huge partner mm -hmm. downtown as well. And I was talking to Rosemary Hale a few days ago who was from Brock, who is um, sort of the advocate for bringing the Marilyn I. Walker School downtown. Yeah. She was telling me, Tim, when she was talking to you that you really wanted to get Brock off of the hill and then that yeah. has been, that has happened. Um, why did you see that as Well, it, 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 that started because uh, I was sitting on a committee up at Brock about uh, the future build uh, of the properties they have there. and. Uh, <clears throat> They, they were talking about the Performing Arts Center, or not the Performing, sorry, the School of Fine Arts uh, and Performing Arts uh, being built somewhere down by Lake Gibson in there. And I, but I said, Rosemary, why do you, why do you want to be up there? Why don't you want to be downtown St. Catharines where the artists are? That, that's what, she what came down and fell in love with and the air club, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and off it went. And and but you know it, it was Brian's, you know Brian's managed to get and saw the reasons for it and, and bought into the package and his council and that's why we have it. How do you make that case and, and to all three of you when you at the time? I mean, when I first moved here in '98 and I first took my first walk down St. Paul Street, I thought all that was missing was a couple of tumbleweeds. Uh, businesses are being vandalized, a lot of places were closed. So when you have Brock University yeah. wants to build an arts center down here, how do you make that case when it really did not look like an attractive place? It certainly wasn't that active heart of the city that it had been in the past. But the activities there and, and uh, the people you want to be, in the, in the case of that school, uh, the people were living here upstairs in St. on St. Paul Street and doing their artwork and 
we have a wonderful theater. I always have had wonderful theater and air all around. And that was that was the positive of it. And that's part of it. And, and art creates uh, economic development. So does athletics. And we brought, now we have both of them downtown. And, and it's really, uh, uh, we can see the changes. That you, you know, we just have to walk downtown. Yeah, no tumbleweeds anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe too. Yeah, I, th I think also that um, you know, and 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 Walter alluded to this, but but the partnership. I mean, people more and more we're seeing that even in the private sector, it's about partnerships. About it's about utilizing resources and talent and pooling that to create something bigger and better. And there was a unique opportunity in that there was a again timing a manufacturer that was sadly was was closing due to what's happening in globalization. Nothing to do with St. Catharines per se. And so we had a gem of a building, the Canada Air Club, the very historic building in the heart of our downtown. And so that was part of the attraction. Brock saying, you know what, we'd like to come downtown for lots of good reasons. Uh, they, they bought into it and leadership from Jack Lightstone and Rosemary Hale and, and so many others. But where are we going to go? And well, by the way, this building might be coming available. It's not available yet. might be coming available. It's the only time. That was a tough decision. We, after not being able to negotiate a fair market price, but they will be paid. Um, uh, we had to expropriate that building to give Brock that new home, but that brought you know fifty-five million dollar investment downtown St. Catharines. So some tough decisions had to be made, but they were the right decisions, and we had a wonderful partner in Brock University, and that's being proven today with all the activity downtown. I think I asked you this before, but was there ever a point where you thought maybe this plan isn't going to work? Maybe we're on the wrong track. I certainly, during my uh, my eight years as mayor, never admitted it to anybody. But <laughs> but there were some sleepless nights. I will I will I will acknowledge that now. And fortunately, it's all worked out. And for, again, for the efforts of a lot of people. But yeah, there were some nights where two or three o'clock in the morning, I'm thinking, Oh my God, what are we what are we done or what are we doing? <laughs> it's so uh, it's so different downtown right now. Um, Walter, you were saying that it's it, we've got to build on the momentum that's there and. You've told me before, it's kind of in the infancy stage right now. So when do you see downtown coming into its, its adulthood? Uh, I think it's another five, six years. Uh, I think what you're seeing now is all the infrastructure that's built and all the energy that's there. You have to now package it and you have to go to the broader community beyond Niagara and really sell St. Catharines as a place to move your business, start a business, move your family, have a great quality of life. And if there's one area that we probably tripped a lot in the past 30 years, it was selling our city. And it's because we didn't have a lot to sell on. We didn't have an aquatic center. We didn't have a four pad. We didn't have a new arena. We didn't have, these are the things that other communities have done. And even when you, when we talked about, when Brian talked about the Canada hair cloth, you look at what University of Waterloo did in Galt with the big manufacturing facility that was about the same age as the hair cloth and they turned it into a school of architecture. So. We've always been five or six, seven years behind other dynamic communities that were really investing yeah, in their right. downtowns and their communities. And playing catch up has always been hard to do, but now we've caught up. And now what we have to do is go out there and competitively market the community. So what you're seeing now is built on all this momentum is now the next stage of, okay, let's get more residential downtown. Let's attract business back into the downtown core. Let's fill up the office space that's currently vacant and really change how people see downtown St. Catharines, 
beyond our borders because I think we've done a good job in Niagara. I think people now see this as really the urban center and I think Brian if, if you can you know jump in on the places to grow under yeah. under his leadership in terms of that must have been frustrating because the province comes in and says you're the urban center but we're not going to give you a lot of tools. Right. We're just yeah. going to tell you you're the urban center. They actually did that when I was there. Was, uh, okay so that's how hard it go. started there because I had to go up to Cambridge and meet with them up there and have a little bit of a battle with them and because we weren't even going to be places to grow urban center development center and, and uh, after that and I tried to I thought someone from the chamber came up with me anyway it doesn't matter uh, but that's that's when they were introducing places to grow and what and it, and I think it took place before you became mayor but it was in place it's part of the green belt. So whenever that was coming, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. But then the province comes in and says you have these intensity targets and yeah, no yeah. tools. Just here, try and do this. Yeah, fine. It's like really. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, and I, I think innovatively done a great job. They've they they got us to the point where now as a downtown you can go out and look for residential infill and look for developers outside of Niagara that want to come in and invest in the community and you're starting to see that. But if we didn't have any of this in, in our area. Well, well in we have court, a fight for the TIFs, for the tax incremental financing right. programs that all took place in the last my last term. So I think we're go back to your, yeah. your initial question is that it'll be the next five to seven years that you'll see the completion I think yeah. of yeah. how everything has come together and then you got to keep you got to keep making sure that you're competitive because one thing you can't do in today's North American economy is you, you can't just stand still and say, okay, we're done. You know, oh, we're done. Like I think you're going to see with the bridge opening, you'll see Western Hill become much more vibrant. You're going to see, and I've, when we talk about downtown, I, th I think we all agree that our downtown isn't just delineated by a couple of streets on a map that the Downtown Association has. It's it's Queenston's part of our downtown, mm -hmm. Centennial sure. Park, yeah. Western Hill. Like those are all parts of the downtown that will then start to benefit from the economic activity. It's, it's not a cook, cookie, cookie cutter uh, downtown. I no, it's it very unique. It is very unique downtown. Back to the history of the Welland Canal. I mean, uh, yeah. one of the stories would be that you know the, the thinking was you could never build on the lower level. That <laughs> was a former. I mean, it's what helped pioneer this community. Yeah. The first Welland Canal. Yep. That's where the new Meridian Center is built. And, and, but, but as Walter said, I think we use the tools that we have well. And what I'm really excited about is um, that infrastructure is in place, particularly the public infrastructure. Yeah. It's that private sector investment we're going to see more and more. You're going to see, I mean, you know, Nick Adelick's group and, and a 19-story building. There'll be other high-rise buildings downtown. That's That private sector investment will come because of yeah. the infrastructure we put in place and, and, a, and a plan and a vision for downtown. There will be people that will say it's an exciting place, it's a safe place, there's lots of activities, there's lots going on, whether it be young or old, maybe both ends of the spectrum, I want to live downtown, I want that urban experience. St. Catharines is the only community in Niagara that offers that. You have to go to Hamilton or Toronto to get a similar experience. And I think that gives us a leg up, gives us a competitive advantage, as Walter alluded to, well, when you see other communities. Do and what the development there is going to bring more people down. Yeah, you'll see more and more of that. Yeah. When when we've been writing this series, looking at the history of, of downtown, uh, there's t one thing I think that struck me the most was that the only constant down here seems to be change. 
you know, when you talk about the first Welling Canal, it, 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 I mean, hard for people to understand, but St. Paul Street was filled with factories. There was a shipbuilding yard, yeah. uh, and that only went away because brewery. the brewery, yeah, brewery. Well, there's still some small ones. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, it's full circle. Yeah. yeah. But the, so the canal moves away, and now you can't build ships there anymore, so then it becomes a more higher end. Re- there are three opera houses, the yeah. museum told us, at one yeah. point downtown. Yeah. Uh, and now it's, uh, I don't even know, how, how would you guys label it now? Sometimes I use the phrase entertainment district, but I don't know that that's entirely accurate. So when you look at it now, how, how do you define it? And then if you look ahead, what do you see it being 10, 20, 50 years from now? Or is that even a, a, a useful thought experiment at this point? I, I think I think what we what you've just identified, Grant. We we know it'll change. We don't know exactly how it'll look in fifteen or twenty years, but I think we have an idea in that um, the traditional downtowns, either strong retail or maybe as you said, a hundred hundred fifty years ago, manufacturing. I don't see that likely being your downtown core. Cost reasons, you know, land is expensive. You're not likely to put a manufacturing plant down there anymore. And that's I think that's a good thing. They, there's more appropriate places under smart growth that Walter alluded to. There's better places for those type of facilities to be built. But but um, I call that urban experience. Richard Florida writes a lot about this, about you know the live, work, and play. You may be, especially in, in again, looking at your computer there, in the modern age, you yeah. can work or live anywhere. But, but then it's about the experience. I, I'm a young professional or an older professional. I want to live downtown. I want to walk to the coffee shop. I want to walk to uh, a, a performance at the, at the first Ontario Performing Arts Center at night. I want to go to a hockey game or a concert at the Meridian Center. They're looking for that lifestyle and that experience because they have talent, they have education. They can probably locate themselves, live anywhere in the world. We provide and offer that experience. And so I think it's, it's organic. It will change and evolve. But those key aspects of good restaurants, retail, places to work, um, places to live, uh, a, a, a mix of places to live, from Yates Street, you know, some beautiful homes, to those condos that probably, not probably, are not yet built, but I'm confident will be built here in downtown St. Catharines. That's what we offer. And so I think you'll see more and more of that. And yes, it will change and evolve. But I think we've, um, it's like a painting. I think the painting is pretty much there. It's now the, the fine, uh, the fine brush strokes have to be added, and that will change and evolve over time. I but don't it's, know if you can label it, I, I, other than it, it has to, it, it is going towards a livable community of downtown. Right. And, and that's really what, I think what we really want is people being able to live and enjoy it. And, uh, it's, a, it's definitely, a, I think it's a 21st century. It was a Rust Belt downtown of the 20th century. Now it's designed for 21st century downtown and I, it's interesting because how do we define manufacturing? What they're doing at Beachwood Donuts is a manufacturing. Yeah. What they're doing at Tasty, Lush- tasty manufacturing. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> Lucian Bean, she makes her own clothes. Yeah. yeah. And good point. Well, look, traditional manufacturing yeah, is not, so I, the smokestack is not smoke going to be here. Not but, here. But if you look at the Maryland Walker, yeah. they're manufacturing creative goods coming out of there. And I think what we have now is a downtown that can start to attract the next generation of manufacturers. So one of the things we want to do is at the, the, the local libraries, we want to get 3D print machines in there so that the community can come in and start to create things on the 3D printer. And that's done well. They've done that well in, in Halifax. They've done it well in Cincinnati. And so bring manufacturing, the new kind of manufacturing, back into our downtown, built upon the creative class, who can then make goods. And Keyframe's another one. Mm-hmm. Keyframe we have downtown that's making 
video game design products. You don't touch it, it doesn't come out of a CD case anymore, but you're still manufacturing something. So I, I think we're well positioned to be that kind of community that attracts the next generation of the creative class that will continue to manufacture goods in, in, in the world, not just in our community. How much of this is, and you mentioned this at the, uh, uh, the, the conference at Brock University the other day, that part of what has to happen is we need to change the narrative about downtown, the way we talk about it, because part of that narrative is still stuck almost in the early 90s when things really had taken a downturn. Yeah. Well, and I, th I think all of us as mayors uh, were chief ambassadors for our city. Mm -hmm. And what we get stuck on is the fact that when you, when you see negative press about the community, it, it does hurt. It hurts not just us as administrators, but it hurts the image of our city. And so, one of the, the one of the aspects that I think is is needed for a partnership is to make sure that we're telling the good stories as well. And I remember talking to Brian many times about how do we change the dial from the local media on the negatives that happen. Negatives. How can how can we balance it with the positives that are happening? And I I think now you're seeing that media has come around, radio, print television are covering the good side of, of St. Catharines as well. That's a long time coming. I remember what the garbage city when someone yeah. took some photos and it was a and it got into the Globe and Mail. Yeah. And that I'll be honest, that upset me as a citizen. I wasn't even in politics at the time and I was bothered by that because we have some gems in our community, but this one individual focused on some garbage and called us the garbage city. And it's that like, sticks. It does stick, it does. and it, it, bo it bothered yeah. me as a citizen, and I know it bothered Brian, and yeah. I know it bothered sure. Tim, and you sit there and you say, well, we, we got to balance it by telling the positive stories of our community, and I think we're able to do that better today than we were in the past because of what's happened in our downtown, what's happened throughout our community. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, we were wondering if you, what your memories are of the downtown when you were kids, and what you think people's memories are going to be okay. now. Well, this we I'll start. My, my memory, and this is interesting, because this is full circle. So Dr. Disc was a favorite haunt of mine, vinyl records. The establishment was right next door, which was a clothing store that was all unique products. And then Jerry's Alley. Spent some time listening to punk music at Jerry's Alley. Those were because the kind you, of things Because you're a I punk did. music guy, but you can tell. With the beard now and the, if you saw, if you saw people say Walter Santa go like that's a punk rocker right there. Yeah, I saw, I saw some good bands down there, but that was now we have Mind Bomb Records yeah. in downtown yes. doing vinyl. We have uh, fashion stores in our downtown like Lucian Bean again that I mentioned, and in terms of music we have the Performing Arts Center. We also have Detour, which is another outdoor yeah. or indoor music venue. But it's um, it's really. It's interesting how that's come full circle, but that would be my memories of, of downtown and just it. So I would have been in the in the nineteen eighty six till about nineteen ninety when I was able to spend money and do my paper route. So for me, I didn't see downtown as a dangerous place. Yeah. I saw it as a place for a young youngster in high school to come down on the weekend and hang out for a couple of hours. Was, was Dana Suites uh, still a big deal when you were... It had just closed as I was migrating in through high school. So I didn't get to experience it like a lot of other folks. Yeah. So, um, But I, I, I got to be honest, I've always felt safe downtown. 
And that comes from a perspective of a, of a young man yeah. coming into our downtown, but I always felt safe. And I would take the bus in, I lived in the Grantham Avenue area, I'd take the bus in and I'd spend my money on vinyl and, and buy some weird looking clothes and then go <laughs> check out some punk music. That's my memory. Face his father. <laughs> and I can remember it. <laughs> right? Yeah, mine would be interesting. Mine would be even probably a bit of a unique perspective to, to Walters and Tim in that, not just generational a little bit, but, um, but I grew up in Niagara Falls. So we would come, I mean, back to what it is hopefully today again, the, the urban center of the Niagara region. Yeah. It was the urban center of the Niagara region when I was a kid. So, and, and I'll put a shameless plug in, we need more regional transit, but we didn't have it then at all, of course. <laughs> we're, so working. we're working on it. <laughs> Thank God. Thank you. So I've come with my parents, sorry, driving from Niagara Falls in a car, and buses weren't as common back then, especially uh, between communities. So driving in a car, because downtown St. Catharines offered different restaurant shops, Diana Suites was still open, so I have wonderful memories. Uh, I'm a big uh, uh, hot, uh, hot uh, fun Sunday fan, so um, they're the best uh, <laughs> in, in, in the world. And so um, we would come here as a, almost a day trip, not far, of course, Niagara Falls, but and spend the day going to uh, some of the larger retailers, um, going to some of the, you know, grabbing a bite to eat, and then going home, which was, you know, 15, 20 minute uh, drive down the, the QW. So, um, but St. Catharines, in my mind, was that urban center that was a place to go for some of the different experiences that other communities in Niagara offered. And again, I think we're, we're back to that again in a, in a positive way. Tim, 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 you're looking at yeah. me very suspiciously. Yeah. <laughs> this will be the older historian. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember. Not worse than you, though, Tim. Don't go back that far. But I, I'll go back as far as I remember taking the streetcar <laughs> to, down, to yeah. get to downtown and to get to Port Luzi. Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and and during the summer you'd get, uh, and I was just a kid, and you know, and you'd pay your nickel and you'd get down to Port Luzi for the day, and it was what. Uh, but uh, in the downtown area, it was uh, Diana Sweets, Cherry Coke, and the fries. Mm -hmm. And it was after school, and the, after, and I went to the collegiate in grade nine, and then grade nine, and I was going for a third year in grade nine. And was, <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> she, she liked Diana Sweets. Sent me over to Ridley and straightened me out. <laughs> but uh, and and the, the the Palace Theater, which is now the Town Cinema, or that facility. Uh, was where the Odeon kids uh, Saturday morning shows were okay. and the uh, entertainment there. And it's interesting because, it, you know, you look at it now and uh, here we are, we're back into looking at proper transit. I mean, I think we do a fairly good job within the city, Locally, yeah, for sure. uh, but uh, looking at where you could have gone in those streetcars back then is, mm -hmm. is something that uh, would have been nice if we had those really uh, rails today. Um, and uh, I, you know, I see restaurants are taking place of Diana Suites and, and the, that type of thing. And you, and you came downtown for the entertainment, and now we're coming back to the downtown for entertainment. And uh, be it not, and and last night, uh, two nights ago, uh, we were at the film house, right? And uh, we saw two, two shows last night or that night. One was about uh, called uh, Hot Shots, which was made by um, De David Barlow, who's a St. Catharines producer, director, and about St. Catharines people who have become well-known in the theater arts. And it was really good. And the other one was about John Zaritsky. And John Zaritsky grew up 
with us over and uh, was a next door neighbor of my wife's and he, he won an Oscar and did a number of things and it, and it, it was a, his doing a, uh, a, a documentary they did a documentary and about the John doing a documentary. It was really <laughs> interesting. And, and uh, he was doing a documentary on thalidomide children who are now, have now grown up. And uh, it was really very well done. And it, so here you have the theater back downtown, a movie theater. And it's, it's kind of, it's great to see. And they've got some good shows there. So. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate it a great deal. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Thanks, thanks very much. Thank you for joining us for this special edition of the podcast. And be sure to read the full Heart of the City series being published now in the St. Catherine Standard and on our website at www.stcatherinestandard.ca. And if you check out the online edition of the series, you can watch a special time-lapse video of a day in the life of downtown, see unique photos comparing the historic sites of the core to today, and other extra features. And finally, please share your memories, photos, and stories of downtown St. Catharines by going on Twitter and using the hashtag StCathDowntown or email kwalter at postmedia.com. I'm Grant LaFleche. And in the meantime and in between time, that's it for this special edition of the Lake to Lake podcast. <laughs>